Welcome to Radio Richard Ireland. Uh, I'm now going to tell you the second story from my book As Children of Ireland, Original Stories for Ages 8 to 12. The sacred vessel fills and brims over continually. As children of Ireland, when great stories come their way, they welcome them warmly as they do the night and day. Welcome them they do as their inherited opportunity to participate in the sublime storytelling traditions of their love to thought into word bring ancestors. Let me here say on this fine first September day, in this the sixteenth year into the twenty-first century, that to be a child of Ireland is in some way to be a progeny of such stories. O come hither, come thither, they be what may. Story two is called Resting on the Horizon. It is Friday afternoon, and Principal Declan McGrath and his twenty-nine students, Amy, Brian, Kira, Cormac, Craig, Heather, Laura, Martin, and Patrick in fourth class, Anthony, Aoife, Kieran, David, Gerard, Jenny, Julia, Mary, Natalia, Neve, Sean, and Thomas in fifth. Colin, Emily, Fenbar, Hugh, Natasha, Owen, Sophie, and Tara in sixth are about to enter a storytelling session. Teacher, it's almost storytelling time. Okay. Quietly move back the desks, put your mobile phones on silent, and into your bags. Come sit here before me on the floor, and away to story so we will go. Yay! Now this story, students, is about a man who goes to start his car very early in the morning. It was about 6.30 of a cold, dark winter's morning as he walked along the street to the car park. One or two street lights were flickering as if they were going to go out at any minute. It looked like he was the only one in the village that was up and about. The odd car or truck went flying through the village on their way to somewhere else. As he turned off the street into the car park, he noticed down the street the full beams of a truck with two warning lights flashing on his cab. He knew the truck to be the garbage truck. They always collected once a week, and it was always very early in the morning. It seems they started their collection about 4.30, while everyone was still asleep, and the streets were all but empty. I have never been up at that time, teacher. And me neither, teacher, except for the night I had an upset stomach and I had to go to the toilet. As he entered the car park, he noticed the ground was glistening as it was very cold. He could feel the cold making his eyes water. He walked very slowly over the lovely glistening world of many colours. Then he stooped, stopped to look up at the sky, as was his habit, for he loved seeing what was going on up there too. Although the car park lights were inclined to block out the sky, he could still see, uh, see much of it 
when he put his hands up around his eyes, this way, and his arms that way. He loved to look northwards to see if Polarius, the North Star, was out. And sure enough it was. And behold, it was the collection of stars called Cassiopeia, which looks like a W, resting on the horizon at that hour of the morning. And way up high he could see the plough. This group of stars is called by different names in different parts of the world. I know, teacher, that in America, where my uncle lives, it is called the Great Bear. But I never think it looks like a bear. I think it is more like some sort of a, a bent-out-of-shape spoon. And he turned about and looked over to the south-east, where he could see the planets Venus and Saturn, and in the south Mars, and high in the southwest bright Jupiter. Teacher, I saw in the news that scientists think there is another planet in the solar system, but that it is so far from the sun they can't see it. And because they can't see it, they can't find it. Yes, I had that very interesting news too, Colin. Thank you for sharing it with us. You're welcome, teacher. As he was nearing his car, he noticed it was of the same glistening as the ground. He pressed the key to automatically open it. He heard the familiar click of the door unlocking, but when he went to open it, it wouldn't open as it was frozen stuck. So he gave the door a slight bang with, the palm, with this, this part of his hand around the lock in the frame, and then he tried to open it, but it was still stuck. Twice more he slightly banged around the lock and frame before it finally opened. Remember, it is always good to be patient, especially in situations like that. My daddy teacher is inclined to be a bit impatient when it comes to things like that. Well, he sat into his car and tried to start it, but it wouldn't start. He paused and tried a second time with gently pumping the accelerator pedal and then started. He then switched on the heater almost to the maximum and thought to himself, would he or wouldn't he get out of the car for a few minutes while it was heating up? He loved having a walk about at that hour of the morning, even if it was only for a few minutes. Was the moon there, teacher? No, the moon wasn't there, Heather. Now, as he was walking around, nice and slowly, with his hands deep in his pockets, and his hood tied in well about his ears, he could hear the slow rumbling of the garbage truck coming up the street. He couldn't yet see it because of the street houses, but he could sure hear it. It sounded like a lion and a Tyrannosaurus rex in that it was half growling and half roaring. It was a strange animal kind of mixed-up sound. Within a minute or so, it slowly passed in front of the gate of the car park, first its nose and then its body and finally its tail. The man thought his eyes were playing tricks with him, for he was sure the truck had no driver in it. It seemed to be driving itself. It was moving very slowly, with the lights flashing on its cab. He waited a moment to see 
if there was anyone coming on behind loading the garbage bins, but there was nobody. He had to think quickly as to what to do best. The truck was still slowly moving along. He ran up alongside it and could clearly see that there was nobody driving it. He tried to jump up on the step to open the door, but he slipped and fell back on the ground. The surface felt hard, very hard. Uh, anyway, he got right back up and ran after the truck. Again he tried to reach for the door handle, but didn't, but didn't, and he again fell onto the frosty street. And again he got right back up and was more determined than ever to open the door. This time he managed to grab the handle, and with holding onto a bar just beside it, he was able to open the door and jump in. As soon as he straightened himself up in the seat, the door slammed shut and automatically locked itself. He was locked in. He grabbed the steering wheel and tried to turn it to the left and then to the right and then to the left and then to the right, but it was just but it just would not turn for him. He tried to press the brake pedal, but it would not go down. He tried to pull the handbrake, but that too wasn't responding. It was as if the truck was completely ignoring him. By this stage, the sweat was thick on his forehead, and his hands were slipping on the steering wheel. Suddenly, do you know what happened? And maybe, maybe, teacher, it suddenly stopped. Rather than stop, Cormac, didn't it start to pick up speed? When he first saw it, it was only going at about five miles an hour, but it was already now up to almost fifteen. It seemed like it had a mind of its own, because there was a bend in the road at the top of the village, and then the steering wheel turned witted and was now heading off out into the countryside. He tried and tried to do something, to do something to stop it, but nothing worked for him. Everything seemed to be jammed. At this stage, it was already up to twenty-five miles an hour and getting faster. He was growing more and more terrified in case a car or another truck would be coming against them as the road was not that wide. Up ahead in the distance, and to his horror, he could see the lights of an oncoming car, and it was nearing quite quickly. Usually people going to work that early in the morning have a habit of driving very quickly. My daddy teacher is always driving quickly and my mammy is always telling him to slow down as there is no rush. She even said to him one day that if he was in such a rush he should have left home yesterday and he would be in plenty of time then. He only slowed down a small bit at her word though. He could see the car was getting closer and closer and the truck was getting faster and faster. To his absolute horror, he noticed that the truck was driving in the middle of the road, and that the continuous unbroken double white lines were in the centre of the windscreen as he was going along. The sweat was now drenching the front of his jacket, and not alone that, but it was half blinding him too. He could taste its saltiness on his lips. 
He was trying to wipe it, wipe it away, but it still kept falling. He tried to break the glass on the door with his elbow, but he only hurt his elbow, for the glass was much harder and stronger than his elbow. One more bend, just one more bend, and there would be on a head-on collision. He was now in such a state of fear that he almost couldn't move a muscle. His two hands were as if they were part of the steering wheel, and his legs were as if stuck to the pedals. Just as they were both approaching the bend, didn't something unbelievable happen? Didn't a truck suddenly, all of its own accord, make a sharp turn to the left and went ploughing through an open iron gate and into a field? The headlights, which had been on full beams, shone like two great torches across the frosted grass. Was it still going fast, teacher? Fast, Neve. It was going faster than when it was on the road. Surely it was now doing near on sixty miles an hour. It burst over ditches from one field into the next. It looked like nothing was going to stop it. Then a thought came to him that maybe soon it will run out of diesel and so it will then stop. But when he looked down at the fuel gauge, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. The tank was reading full to the brim. He was now at a total loss as to know what to do. He managed to release one hand off the steering wheel and get his mobile phone out of his pocket. He was about to call 999 when the truck bounced over a rock and the phone went flying out of his hand, hit the roof and fell on the floor over on the passenger side. It was at this very moment he saw up ahead in the lights something that looked like a giant wall. He couldn't make out what it was. And then he realized they were heading into an old abandoned stone quarry. They were heading right for the wall at over a hundred miles an hour. There was nowhere to turn as the giant quarry wall was arching around on either side. He said to himself, this is it, I'm going to die. He could feel he was going to faint, but he didn't. The truck went right into the wall of the quarry, but there was no smash. He and the truck were now inside the rock. They were in a lovely place where there was sunshine and lovely trees and fields, rivers and streams. And there were beautiful birds flying about in a lovely blue sky among wispy white clouds. Then he could hear this tapping sound, this tap, 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 tapping, and he looked around, and to his amazement he could see his wife. He thought that is very strange. How could she be there? He opened the door, and then realized to his great joy that he was still sitting in his own car. He must have dozed off while it was warming up, instead of getting out of it to go for his usual walk about the car park. His wife told him to hurry up or that he would be late for work. He kissed her goodbye and drove off slowly. Along the way he came up on a garbage truck that was crawling along as the men emptied the bins into it. And as he passed he looked. He took one look to see 
if it had a driver in it or not. And that, students, is today's story. Thank you. Thank you, teacher. That was a great story. We will be thinking about it and looking forward to next week's one. Me too. Me too. Safe home now and give my hello to your parents. Oh, and switch back on the volume on your mobile phones before you leave the school grounds. We will, teacher. Bye. Goodbye.